I think that leads me quite nicely um, to my next panelist, which is is Chris. Um, having you know heard that, what are the biggest challenges that firms like SSEN face when approaching both the opportunities and the challenges of home decarbonisation, and how does the scale of what needs to be done affect those? Yeah, thank you, Marcus, and uh, and and thanks also to the minister. I, I think it's very helpful and really welcome to to hear what the minister had to say because it, 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 there's no doubt we have really clear. Um, policy in terms of targets and ambitions uh, in this space. Uh, no doubt about that. I think that's really welcome. I think it's 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 great to position the UK uh, in such a progressive manner. What's clearly needed now, and and and, and hopefully what the minister was describing in terms of the imminent um, heat and building strategy will, will deliver that, is that we now need to create the conditions for successful execution there. If just as an illustration, uh, the minister gave us some numbers in terms of the challenge, uh, just specifically around heat for us. Um, we have around 16,000 heat pumps in our two network areas today. By the 2050 deadline, that needs to be two and a half million. And the trajectory that we take there, um, you know, can be debated in terms of how fast you go and how fast you move. But that's that's the challenge. And we're setting out now a, a, a business plan that we'll be submitting to the regulator this December, a final business plan uh, for, the, for the period of 2023 to 2028. And that's a huge opportunity that we cannot miss to get right. And based on what we know today, uh, that business plan will be targeting, facilitating around 800,000 heat pumps in that five year period. Now that number could be up or down in reality, in practice, of course, uh, and indeed um, uh, the CCC thinks perhaps we should be going a little bit faster than that. But whatever the, whatever the actual number becomes, there is a clear need for strategic investment in our networks. And there is a clear need for the arrangements and the regulatory arrangements and the regulatory conditions to enable an agile price control so that we as the network operator can respond in the right time to consumers. And our aim, our target has to be that we enable people and businesses to connect when they want to and when they need to, uh, so that we are, we are an enabler rather than a constraint. And that takes you to the operational challenge. That's the second point I'd like to make of three really, uh, Marcus, if I can. Uh, and that is um, how we structure and approach the delivery of that challenge and the phasing and the trajectory. Um, we need to have really clear kind of line of sight uh, in terms of the plan. Um, and we need to develop a plan that creates efficiency in delivery. Uh, really where I think we need to be is delivering a just-in-time arrangement for anyone that was looking to connect. Just-in-time that is well-structured and well-planned so that it is most efficient for customers and delivers value for money for customers. We must avoid a haphazard approach uh, whereby it's sort of as and when we want it sporadically because no doubt we will then have to go back to the network multiple times and that won't be efficient for customers uh, in the long run and the intergenerational challenge that we have. And I think local authorities have a really key part to play in that with us. Uh, I think they need to be supported uh, with resource and skills and capacity and we would we need to be supported to be able to help them uh, with that and we that's why we strongly advocated SSE um, the development of regional roadmaps for heat decarbonisation so that we can plan uh, effectively a cost-effective transition. And that's the, the leads me to the third quick point I'd like to make, Marcus, if I may, which is in terms of considering that transition, and the minister alluded to it, this needs to be just, it needs to be fair as well. So part of our role is to make sure that we are delivering just in time, we're not uh, wasting money, we're not uh, uh, wasting money for customers or creating stranded assets, but we also need to make sure that in that efficient delivery of investment that we protect customers uh, that are in vulnerable circumstances. We have 28% of homes in our Scottish network that are in fuel poverty and 9% 
in our southern network that are in fuel poverty and a significant proportion of our customers are off the gas grid as well, 37% uh, in, in our Scottish network. That's a significant number of, of customers. So we need to make sure that as we're transitioning, um, the costs that, that will be inevitable here are allocated and shared fairly and that those that are least able uh, to pay are not burdened. And uh, with that, I think, you know, as well as considering just transition from a vulnerable vulnerability perspective, there's also huge opportunity, as the minister outlined. And I think if we can plan and execute the journey and the transition uh, around heat decarbonisation effectively, then we'll optimise the number of jobs that we can create as well. So smoothing the supply chain, smoothing the demand will allow visibility and transparency and we'll be able to maximise. I think I read one report suggesting that up to 1.7 million jobs could be created. So the case study that the minister alluded to is fantastic. There's much more where that came from, I think. Um, and we, it's really incumbent on all of us to make sure we maximise that opportunity for society. Thank you.